everyone, it's Quilla on today's late episode, <laughs> but we're still here. We share our post-elections thoughts, discuss the importance of the Black vote, and how Black and Brown folks showed up for this election in ways that we would like to hold our new administration accountable. But before we get started, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Nor and So. We will be rolling out new bi-weekly episodes, so please make sure that you follow us to stay up to date about what's going on, the podcast, amongst other things. Our personal Instagram links are in the show notes along with any links related to the episode. Also, we want you to join the conversation. So if you have a pitch for an episode, a question, or a topic you would like for us to discuss, email us at norandso at gmail.com. And hey guys, it's Kia. Um, this month for November 28th and 29th, I will be doing a virtual market with a cool group of femmes of the Feminist League based in Philly. Information regarding the market will be on our Instagram page, so make sure to follow us. Stop by and do your holiday shopping with some very cool small businesses that are black, brown, trans, and non-binary owned. Um, my online store will be going up soon, so you can shop cute home decor, jewelry, accessories, all inspired by blackness and womanhood. Now let's get into the episode. All right, so let's jump in and get started with check-ins, but specifically now that the elections are over and we know that Biden will be in office how are you feeling about that the election is over mm-hmm. Thank God. I think singing that just kind of lets you guys know how I'm feeling right now um <laughs> I'm feeling like thank you Jesus that is finally over we've all been at the edge of our seats yes. trying to see who's gonna run this country who's gonna be our next leader and joe biden took that seat and you know what honestly i'm feeling really good i'm feeling like there's more good people than there are bad right now and i also feel like there's so much hope and you know that's what a leader is supposed to do a leader is supposed to instill hope and faith and i'm feeling i'm feeling that right now so right now i'm feeling like you know the country has come together we finally got this situated you know what trump you can go ahead and take a seat but uh, how you feeling (laughs) how you feeling now that this is over what's going on in your mind so for me i definitely felt really anxious before the election and there is this like sense of relief knowing that trump is getting out of office however um There has been a lot of, like, conversation prior to the election about having this, like, post-election safety plan, and I did follow some of the precautions that was mentioned, even though that even made me more anxious. So, like, for example, people were saying, like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, depending on either way that the votes go, so go ahead and stock up your fridge, go ahead and put gas in your car, go ahead and have Mm -hmm. a backpack, go ahead, like, and you know, hearing people say that was making me think like, oh my God, it's like, is something crazy gonna happen? Should I really be prepared like this? But at the same time, um, I I, I took some of the precautions. I did make sure like, you know, my my home was stocked or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, like, I kind of, I feel a little bit better at this point, but I'm still, there's still that little ounce of me that's just like being vigilant and just like, you know, hoping, hope, being hopeful that nothing, you know, crazy does happen. Um, but 
I do also feel like this is a start to new possibilities. And I, and I would feel more pessimistic had it been another four years of Trump. I would absolutely feel like, oh shit, mm-hmm. like nothing progressive can possibly happen at this point. Um, I don't expect this administration to be able to dismantle like all of systemic racism, but mm-hmm. I am prepared to hold this administration accountable. And I do, like you said, I feel a lot more hopeful and that is exactly what a leader should make you feel. So I'm just glad it's over for mm-hmm. the most part. I don't know. It's still this lingering thing that Trump got going on and demanding recounts and all this craziness. But for the most part, it's it's over and I, I do feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then can we also uh can we also acknowledge that Miss Kamala is the first black yes. woman yes. vice president? Yes. yes. So that also. So also, oh my God, how did I forget to say this? So Quilla, you and I, we actually got to go to the first presidential address in Delaware, yes, and we did. the energy there felt really really good like number one it felt good to like for us and the family and like some a few other family members to be able to like just go and be present for that but to actually be out there and see how many people were just like relieved and excited and just like celebrating we just out there screaming and having a good time and like people were literally dancing remember like <laughs> you got people that was like literally out there playing music dancing and stuff like that so it did feel good to be able to be around that because I know like you said everybody has been at the edge of their seat like you mm-hmm. know hoping that this goes in our favor so it did feel good to be able to witness that but Kamala girl period mm-hmm. black women mm-hmm. doing it again because that was a, such an amazing experience yes mm-hmm. yeah and <laughs> like the whole time that we were taking that walk to from the car to get into the area where the speeches were taking place. We were just like skipping and just like going and everybody was cheering, you know, like it felt, it felt good. It felt good. And we, I feel like we, we needed that just like with the type of year that we've been having, mm-hmm. I think having anything less than that experience would just have like really been bad for our mentals, honestly, just to, you know, kind of keep going in this, I don't even know how to how to phrase what I'm trying to say, honestly. But it, it's, I'm just glad it happened. And I'm glad we got to actually physically be there. That was cool. We got to witness history. We mm-hmm. saw white people. We saw black people. We saw mm-hmm. women. We saw men. We saw elders. We saw, we saw young kids. Everybody yeah. was just so excited and so happy. And let's also point out the fact that Biden is from Delaware, the first state Mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the united states that that's huge you know what i mean and to be able to witness that you know with your family we were there with our family you know my grandmother you know I, my grandmother she lived through jim crow she lived through segregation she lived through the the civil rights era okay she's lived through multiple phases Mm-hmm. of america when she was yeah. born it was n- it would have never been thought of that you know a black man would have been in the white house that a black woman would have been mm-hmm. in the white house you know and for us you know we went when we went 
uh, we were all women, right? The women in our family. We were yeah. with a few of us. And I think that's empowering alone. Let's just speak on the fact that as women, we were able to go and see Kamala, you know, with so much grace in that cream suit. Come through, honey. Okay, yeah, she looked good, too. She looked good, HCBU too. graduate, <laughs> okay? And then also, she let it be known in her speech you know she 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 acknowledged the black women that has worked so hard to fight for our democracy and you know witnessing that was absolutely amazing we may have been a little cold at certain moments (laughs) you know you know but we just put some pep in our step and we kept it moving and it was absolutely amazing I'm so happy we witnessed that I'm so happy we witnessed that too and it's just really dope to know that like within our lifetime we did get to witness the first black president and now the first black woman vice president like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty cool that we got into and you know to be of age for both of those to like you know understand what has what was happening um you know that's that's also a pretty dope experience because you know like sometimes you may be like you could look back on a on a big event in the world and be like you know I was a little kid so I didn't really understand it for what it was while it was happening but we've been pretty grown you know while like all of this is going on so we know exactly the impact that it's making and we actually you know get to be there to celebrate those wins in that way so yeah I'm happy I'm happy to say the least <laughs> absolutely um So I just wanted to kind of jump in into like one of the conversations that had been circulating around social media throughout this entire election. So there have been debates regarding like black people, people of color and, you know, the importance of the black vote. A lot of people were willing this year to be vocal about the about the fact that they were not participating in voting. And, you know, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but there was a lot of bullying of black and brown folks into voting, like trying to like literally bully them into voting, um, using statements like your ancestors died so that you can vote, um, you know, different, different tactics like that. So do you feel like black people should be voting or do you feel like it's okay to be unapologetic in, you know, choosing not to do so? To be honest with you, I feel like there's no right and I feel like there is no wrong. And the reason why I say that is because, yes, the votes absolutely does matter. But then there's also the conversation of the Electoral College. And Mm -hmm. also, there's also the conversation of, you know, America was never built for us in the first place. So, you know, there's a lot of people who feel like, does my vote really matter when this country was never uh, meant for me as a black and a brown person to thrive? Um, However, I personally do feel like it's super important to vote. I'll throw out there, this was the first time that I, an African-American woman, has voted. There were, Mm -hmm. you know, some other circumstances that took place in the past that I honestly feel like I've experienced some uh, the the voter suppression that people have been uh, speaking about because there were times when I registered to vote and for some reason on election day they didn't have my information uh, yep. however same thing happened to me yep same thing wow. that happened to me mm-hmm. and Not that's this election. so I'm sorry go ahead Yeah, not this election, right? But definitely for uh, Barack, President Barack Obama. Yes. Uh, yep. Was when this had took place. And uh, so for the for the people who feel like they shouldn't vote, what I will say is that numbers don't lie. And the numbers 
that came out for this election definitely showed that when we want to make our voice heard, that it will be heard. And um, so on that note, I definitely think for those who feel like their vote doesn't matter, it does matter, you matter, no matter how much this world tries to make us feel like our opinion does not matter, it absolutely does. But I do understand uh, the I do understand other people's perspectives and I and I definitely don't want anyone to feel like them saying their reasons for not voting uh, I don't want anyone to feel like they can't just express themselves and be honest with what it is that makes them feel that way but voting is definitely necessary what is your take on that so I actually was just talking about this on Twitter the other day um, I think the issue that I have with the way the conversation was being framed was that we have to address the fact that this is a problem with the system, not a problem with the people. People are feeling like they can't vote because of the fact that voter suppression absolutely is a thing. Um, There are, like you said, there's the electoral college and there's a lot of different systems involved that make people feel like their votes actually will not count or their voices Mm -hmm. will not be heard, or they feel as though let me go ahead and vote and, you know, I'll get this specific politician in office and then nothing is being done and my life is not changing in any way, shape or form. So I understand like it, it really plays into black fatigue. Black people are tired. We are constantly taking action. We are constantly, you know, speaking out and speaking up. We are constantly fighting these systems. And when you feel like these systems are continuing to fail you at some point, it's, I feel like it's like a reservation of peace, right? For the people um who are saying that you know they're not participating in voting i feel like it's like i'm not even going to uh, i want to say waste my time participating in the system that's just you know when this is just tiring and this is just the same thing that's you know the same cycle that my life is is falling down and you know Mm -hmm. so i'm not i i absolutely am not upset again like like you said i voted um i did find it important for me to participate in voting and again the like you said the numbers did not lie at all and we did show up and we showed out but i think that we have to have a com you know have this conversation in a different manner when we say when we're saying to people that our ancestors died so that we could vote actually our ancestors died because white supremacy killed them. Um, mm-hmm. Our ancestors died because they have to kill us to suppress our voices. Um, in order for them to operate as their racist selves, and this is exactly what I was saying on Twitter, as in order for them to be able to operate as their racist selves and to keep these systems of oppression in place, they have to silence our voices. And when we speak up and we take action, it's not until they literally kill us that they're mm-hmm. able to silence us. And so I I hate that people say our ancestors died to vote. None of our ancestors were out there chanting, let me vote or kill me. What they were saying was voting is my right and I should be able to do it without a problem. And so when we talk about our ancestors died for, yes, our ancestors fought their ass off. And I don't want what I'm saying to be misinterpreted as me saying that they weren't doing all of the the footwork that needed to be done. Our ancestors Mm -hmm. worked their ass off for us to be able to access this right. But we can't, you know, we, I feel like people should, if you felt like it's important for somebody to vote who is very openly saying that, you know, I'm not, or that I'm not participating. I feel like it's a different way to have that conversation without using like bullying tactics. I feel like that's the time to have the conversation. Like, so, you know, 
what is, you know, maybe what's the reason that you chose not to vote? Um, here's some other, you know, information that you may not know about voting. Here's, you know, like, let's, let's talk about this system or whatever the case may be. And uh, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, if someone still chooses to not be a part, that's, they have that say so. They absolutely have that say so. Um, I am glad that Black people still continue to, to show up and the numbers still look the way they did, even with people vocalizing that they weren't voting. But I can't, I can't criminalize the person. This is bigger than mm-hmm. the individual people that are saying that they don't want to vote. This, this is a system. This is a system that was put in place that never was for us, never made to, um, you know, have us access these rights that we are, super, are, are supposed to have. So I can't mm-hmm. be mad at someone for saying something like that. Right. So, yeah. Um, it's just interesting. It's just interesting how we approach certain things. And I think there's so many teaching moments that we can have mm-hmm. within, within our community. And we kind of miss the mark with that when we're like, you know, shaming each other for, like, I think if we start to take out the individual and, and, and look at it more from a systemic point of view, and understand that, you know, the reason why individuals participate in certain systems the way that they do or feel the certain way about, you know, whatever given topic it is at the time, we have to understand it's not because they individually are, you know, choosing, excuse me, choosing to be ignorant or, you know, choosing to, um, you know, not take any action. It's because these systems are literally playing us in our faces. Mm-hmm. They are. Like, let's say it for what it is. They have been playing us in our faces since the beginning of time. And Black people are tired. We are tired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if, if just kind of taking a back seat for a moment is the way that you have to reserve your peace, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, in the ways that Black people showed up and showed out, um, I don't know if you got a chance to see this interview so I'm going to kind of give some like background on it but there was a interview on MSNBC with Eva Longoria and Eva made this statement when she was talking about the results of the election Um, the statement was that women of color showed up in big ways of course you saw in Georgia what black women have done but Latina women were the real heroines here beating men in the turnout in every state and voting Biden-Harris at an average rate of close to three to one. So the way that that specific statement was made, um, she made a reference that pretty much Black women did what they need to do, but the real heroes here was Latina women. And of course, there was quite a lot of backlash. Um, There was, you know, just this thought of her trying to erase the work that Black women have done when it comes to this election, but just also just carrying this country on our backs. Um, Hearing her, you know, frame what she was trying, I guess, to to portray in that statement like that, like, what what are your thoughts? Do you feel like that was like a malicious intent? Do you feel like it contributed to erasing Black women? What do you think? So honestly, how I feel about it is that um, her comment was insensitive. That's what I'll mm-hmm. say. I'll say that her comment wasn't sensitive. And I also think that the numbers speak for themselves, right? So according to the preliminary exit poll data, it indicated that more, more than 90% <laughs> of Black female voters cast their ballots 
for Biden, while about 70% of Latina voters backed the former vice president. Um, so the results definitely highlighted the power of um, the, black the black female vote. In addition to that, I also like to give a huge shout out to Stacey Abrams. She was the only one who got a good morning from me on, <laughs> um, on uh, the day that we found out uh, the, that President-elect uh, Joe Biden and uh, Vice President-elect uh, Kamala was going into office. So I honestly feel like her comment was super insensitive. But what I will say is that absolutely the um, Hispanic community deserves um, recognition for their turnout numbers, of course, of course. But um, I definitely think that in in a climate of the big, the biggest civil rights movement of all time, one of the most important elections of all time, with the record numbers of Black voters that has come out than any other time before, uh, I definitely think that that deserves its highlight. And I feel like her comment was insensitive to that. But and again, she could have just worded it differently. I do appreciate that she went ahead and she did apologize for what she said because Eva Longoria definitely appears to me as a woman who um, is, let me say this right, uh, is willing to educate herself on the things that may be perceived wrong. So as I quote, she did say, I'm so sorry and sad to hear that my comments on MSNBC could be perceived as taking credit from Black women. Uh, this is what she wrote in her statement. She said that when I said that Latinas were heroes in this election, I simply meant that they turned out in greater numbers and voted more progressively than Latino men. And so with that being said, we need to definitely um, we definitely need to support those who went ahead and they did something that they have not done before, which was they went out and voted. The record numbers speak for themselves. Uh, but her comment was super insensitive. Um, but how do you feel about it? Let me know your thoughts. So I agree. I feel like I'm not really sure what Eva's intent was. And I, I personally don't believe it was to be malicious. However, she did misspeak. And she failed to recognize how the language that she used erased Black women's contributions to this election. So Black women showed out and so did Latina women. So I feel as though um, we could acknowledge that the both of the, the, these two, you know, subgroups of women, I, I feel like we, there's a way to acknowledge, you know, the work that both mm -hmm. groups did. Um, without taking away the contributions of another. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's where the misspeaking came in. Um, I read her apology as well, and I'm not even going to lie, when I saw that her apology went up on social media, I kind of automatically just felt tired before I even read it, right? I mm -hmm. and, and this was me, you know, judging something before I even dived into it. Um, I, I kind of felt tired because, you know, you know, we as Black women, we often experience or just as black people we often experience like these these ways in which like you know people either say something or have like you know this kind of like this racist undertone to a statement that they make or you know mm -hmm. whatever it may be and then they go back and apologize and the apologies are so empty um the apologies don't really even sound like it sounds like you know my pr person just told me to show up and do this apology so that you guys don't mm -hmm. cancel me um but I, when I did actually hear um, the way Eva apologized and as well as she did a follow-up um, interview on MSNBC, it was very, 
it, 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 it definitely felt like she took a moment to really acknowledge, you know, the way in which her words can be um, hurtful and harmful to Black women. Um, she really mm-hmm. did, like you said, take the time to, it seems, to educate herself um, and to be very, um, what's the word that I'm going to use? Accountable. I don't know why. <laughs> I mm-hmm. just feel like, but um, she did take the time to really be accountable in a way that it did not just feel like this empty apology that she was supposed to say. Um, another thing was Carrie Washington actually showed up on social media and when Eva posted her apology, Carrie Washington like also reposted it and she kind of captioned it in a way to say like, you know, I know Eva personally, um, her intent wasn't bad ultimately. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but her, she didn't have a bad intent. So just go ahead and read her apology. Now, if Carrie Washington, you know, felt that she needed to assert herself publicly, I, I don't know if there was any conversation obviously between them personally. But what I did wish that she kind of did was to actually hold her friend accountable in the language that she used as well. And of course, I'm absolutely not putting this on Carrie Washington. Um, you know, she it's not her responsibility um, to, to fix this problem. Eva absolutely did what she had to do to come back in and, and, you know, say what needed to be said and to be willing to do the work and to be willing to just like re- program her thought of how she how she spoke in that moment so I'm not putting this on Kerry Washington but I did kind of felt like um that I wish she would have the language that she would have used was was to kind of hold her friend accountable as well um I feel like the actions override the intent and it definitely was a teaching moment but I just didn't love that like the way that she kind of like pacified it in a way I mm-hmm. wish she would have been like, you know what, Eva, that was harmful. Like, if 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 she had to say something, because she absolutely did not, you know? Right. Um, but if she was going to say something, I wish she would have kind of been like, you know what, Eva, that absolutely was harmful. Um, Black women do feel erased at this moment, or whatever the case may be, but we're willing to have this conversation. And we're willing to, you know, um, hear you out when it comes to, how you're, how you're like, you know, reframing your words. And I am glad that people weren't automatically, even though people were outraged, there were a lot of people that were angry about what you said. I am glad that people weren't automatically jumping to the let's cancel her solution, right? Because the right, minute that right. someone does say something wrong, and I'm not even gonna lie, in my opinion, there are times that some people really just need to be canceled. There are times mm-hmm. that it's just like, you're so far gone in what you're, you know, saying, and, and you really lack um, the willingness to be accountable and to understand that sometimes people absolutely do need to be canceled. But I think in this case, it was it was also great to witness that this was a teaching moment. And she took that as that while, you know, being like, you know, I, I absolutely did not intend to erase Black women. So here's how I am going to, to you know, reposition myself and making this statement. Absolutely, because you know, words have power, and not all the mm-hmm. time can we cancel someone or somebody. But definitely, sometimes there's definitely necessary to be counseled maybe not canceled, but counseled. Yes, and I, I feel like, like Carrie like Washington, that. this was a great moment for you to counsel your friend. 
And I'm pretty sure that she maybe did counsel her friend before coming to her defense on social media. And don't get me wrong, I get it. The internet can be a very scary place. And I can imagine the type of um, things that was coming at Eva um, with her insensitive comment that was made. However, I do feel like sometimes when we, when we say things that we that were misconstrued or sometimes when we do things that just wasn't right sometimes we gotta just take the little boo-boo and say all right let me eat it up everybody uh is coming down my throat for something that i did and let me go ahead and take that accountability we don't necessarily need people's friends jumping in to defend them uh this was a perfect time for her to counsel her friend uh non-publicly um and also i think that that also adds to the too much emphasis on the celebrities and their um, personal opinions when all in, in, in when all yes. actuality their celebrities and their you know their experiences are going to be different from the average person they have people from all walks of life that automatically love them based off of their status and that's not the case for everyone else but what I will say is that Eva definitely dismissed black women's efforts Joe Biden acknowledged it he acknowledged what black women did um mm-hmm. For, for the election and also Kamala did as well and uh you know it was overwhelmingly black women overwhelmingly voted for Biden and not to say that Latinas uh does not matter they absolutely do matter their vote absolutely do matter the conversation um definitely does matter but her comment was totally insensitive and I think that her friends should have stayed out of it also with that mention can we get into how you can just tell that Kamala is getting Biden all the way together. Because some of the things that Biden <laughs> has said and some of the things that he acknowledged, I'm going to be honest, as a white man, I would not expect some of the things that he, he has said. So there was actually a video that I saw um, briefly one day that he was just kind of making an address to Alpha Phi Alpha and, you know, just kind of like acknowledging, like, all of these great leaders were a part of Alpha Phi Alpha over the years. Like, Stating this history and just, you know, and it was just like, I know Kamala is in the office getting you together because there's no way that you just woke up one day and said, you know what, let me talk to the alphas. Let me tell, you know, let me say something <laughs> to these men. So I, I actually enjoy witnessing that as well. But um, yes, I'm just glad that it, it became a teaching moment. And I would like to see that more often when there is those, you know, those, those things that need to be addressed. Um, in the way that, you know, people are, you know, having conversation around Black people and Black people's contributions, because we have been carrying this country on our back. Black women always show up, you know, we we always do the legwork for all of the things. And I'm just glad that it, 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 it was the, the ability to have a conversation was there. I think we need to see that more often, too. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um. To shift a little bit, let's talk about this guy Trump. And honestly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very honest that I am exhausted with this man, so I don't even want to talk about him long. But I think that I'd be doing a disservice to the world to not acknowledge um, the sore loser that is Donald Trump. Um, he has been, you know, demanding recounts and then um filing lawsuits and all these different things what what where what are you feeling about this if you're feeling anything because like i said i'm exhausted so i don't even got time for the man well what i will say is that when i was younger i had to definitely learn that when i lost 
something <laughs> that I had to put my big girl panties on and not cry about it, not be upset and throw tantrums tantrums about it. Um, Everyone has to definitely learn that sometimes things are not going to work out in your favor. Uh, Let's take a look at John McCain's address when he lost the election to President Barack Obama. He went out with such grace and he even told the United States, he told all of the American people to welcome Mr. Bar- Mr. President Barack Obama, uh, to welcome him, right? And Trump is taking this the complete wrong way. He doesn't know how to lose. And I think that that's a poor example as a leader. There's a lot of young people that still that still looks up to him regardless if we like it or not. And that type of attitude is not the attitude that's going to get you anywhere that you want to be in life. So what I will say is that he's definitely demonstrating to be a poor loser. And I'm happy to see that he lost because um there's been some hope that's been restored there. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about uh the way that he's taken the loss? of being the next, continue with his presidency. So like I mentioned, I'm just tired of this man and I am ultimately just just glad that we don't have to deal with him for another four years, but it's just like embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And like, I don't know why I feel the embarrassment for him, but it's just like, it's hella embarrassing as the president of this country that you are really like, going about this the way that he is um he's saying he he has a lot to say about like illegal votes when it comes to mail-in ballots and it's just like are you just making up stuff as you go because what would be illegal about the mail-in ballots trump you vote by mail-in ballots like Mm -hmm. it's just it's just like him literally making stuff up and the fact that i don't um to my understanding i don't really know how far these lawsuits that he's saying that he's filing are going um it sounds like from news reports and again i haven't really been following following it too much because i just don't have the the brain capacity for the nonsense um but it doesn't really sound like it's going anywhere other than him like saying that he's gonna file these lawsuits um but it's just like the fact that that's even a conversation and then the fact that there are trump is a terrible leader trump is (laughs) like he's just not he's just not what i would like to consider a leader at all um and Mm -hmm. then to see so many of his supporters like be behind him like yeah there's illegal uh mail imbalance or whatever the case may be and it's just like what are y'all talking about like it is it mental illness or is it crack because like (laughs) (laughs) because it's just like at this point we're just making stuff up um i i don't i i don't i wouldn't expect more from trump at all like i'm it's not like a shock value that he's going about this the way he is it's just tiring. And it's just like the the very uh, thing that just like justifies the reason why we need to get him out of this office because you're less concerned about, you know, you're less concerned about the American people. You're less concerned about what needs to happen. You're less concerned about, you know, what next steps will be best for this country. And you're more concerned about like, oh no, I lost. I lost the game, like is what it sounds like. But 
I'm gonna just keep it at that. Cause like I said, this man makes me tired. Just the thought of this nonsense that he is, that is his tweets and that is his his um, rants on and the media. It's just like it's it's exhausting to hear. Yeah, you. I'm tired of watching this reality television show. It's time to get back to yes. business. Yes, yes, say that. Say that. Okay. Like, can we stop playing games now? We 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 didn't play games for four years. Like it's over. Yeah, because you know what? If they want if they want us to act a certain kind of way, if our HR departments want at, want us to act with with morals, doing the right thing, you know, being about being about change, you know, then our leader needs to demonstrate that. Okay? The world Absolutely. doesn't revolve around him, but just like you said, we was only gonna get this little guy. A little bit of our time now on uh with our conversation because uh, the reality television show was gonna be over real soon real soon let's go <laughs> i love that though um so i actually want to start to wrap up but i do want to wrap up with this question um what would you like to see from the biden harris administration that is such a great question, and I'm happy to answer it. So what I would like to see, number one, can we get back to the conversation of Harriet Tubman being on a $20 bill? Uh, two, I would definitely like to see criminal justice reform. Number three, I would also like for Black history to be inside of our educational books that teach these children what actually happened in this country because uh, black culture is American culture. And lastly, I would like to see women's rights stop being demonized as if we don't control our own bodies. So that is exactly what I will be fighting for. That's exactly what I'll be holding my city council responsible for. That's exactly what I'll be holding Kamala and Joe Biden for. Um, that's just how I feel. That's what I'm most passionate about. I feel like there is power and knowledge. So real American history definitely needs to be in these classrooms. Christopher Columbus, as we all know, did not discover America, but yet uh, we still get fed these lies and yet we still get a day off of work. But anyway, um, and then I also want our black men to get out of prisons, our black and brown men, our black and Latino men, they need to get out of prison. They're in there for things that are now legal. Okay. So those are some of the things that I'm looking forward to, some of the things that I'll definitely be fighting for, some of the things that I'll definitely be holding those that are in leadership positions accountable for. And I'm looking forward to that. This election has totally inspired me. It's totally inspired so many other people to get involved. And it's our right and it's our duty. And as, and as an American, I'm actually feeling so empowered that my voice, but you, my voice actually has some power at the table now. There's someone who looks like me who's been elected. Like, this is how I know that these things are possible, where we have come and where we are going. There's totally a light at the end of this tunnel. And for right now, I'm totally feeling hopeful and I cannot wait to hold these people accountable. Now, I'm gonna throw that question back at you. Now, what are you looking forward to doing? What are you gonna make sure that you put your, your all into? What, is, what type of change are you looking forward to? 
So you mentioned uh, mass incarceration and criminal justice reform, and that's one of the biggest things that I hope to see a change in with this administration. Um, I would like the the Biden-Harris administration to lay out a clear plan on how these changes can be made. Um, one of the things that I can say made me nervous throughout the election is that Biden made it very clear that he does not support defunding the police. Um, so if that is the case, I would like to understand, I would like to see a plan of how we can create a system of community policing, how we can make an effective change, how we can halt these numbers of mass incarceration and work towards the release, like you said, of, of innocent um, black women, black men, um, black um, just people of color that are in our carceral system, how we can start, you know, making effective change in these rates um, without defunding the police. If that's, you know, I, I mean, again, I personally support defunding the police. I think that's what needs to be done and that these funds need to be allocated to other areas um, that will benefit black and brown communities. But mm -hmm. I would also like to understand if you are willing to make that change without the aspect of defunding the police, then what is the very clear plan of how you plan on, on, on how you're going to do that? Um, I would like to see black and brown folks get their reparations in, in the form of access, in the form of education, in the form of healthcare, in the form of government assistance, in the form mm -hmm. of reentry programs, in the form of um, food relief. I would like to see black people have access to the things that are our basic human rights. Um, now, I'm going to say this. I do not, by any means, expect this administration to come in and be able to dismantle a whole racist system. This mm -hmm. system has been built since the beginning of time uh, with, with people, you know, with Black people in this country. This system runs deep. There are a lot of different aspects. I would like to see the Electoral College be abolished, to be honest, but, you know, that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, I don't expect this administration to be able to come out, come out and wipe out racism. However, I would like to hold, um, you know, them accountable and make these four years count. Make these four years count because I feel like when, um, when we look back at Obama being in office and then followed up with Trump, Trump came through and made sure to wipe out anything that Obama remotely did during his time in office, and. Um, I would just like to see a better system be set up so that when we go, when we look at the next election in the next four years from now, whoever will be entering office, that we have a foundation that can be continued to be built on and not one that, you know, we look like we're running this race and then we just slow down and everything comes to a halt. So I am, you know, kind of taking this time to like further educate myself and understand that how I, as a citizen, um, has, you know, have the ability to hold this administration accountable and like, you know, what I can do within these four years, because I don't want to also sit on my butt while this is all happening. But I would just like to see some sustainable change happening for, for Black and Brown folks. And I would like to see some of the points that were made during um, the debates in the election process to, to actually be put into play. So I know it's not an overnight job, but I think it is time that we, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic in a sense, and I just want to be able to 
move that forward and see something, see some some great things happen. I, I just know that it's not all going to be dismantled in my lifetime. I know there are a lot of things that I'm not going to be able to see in my lifetime. And that's the sad reality of it. But, you know, the work needs to be done. So I would like to see that. You actually said one of the most important things that uh, that definitely has to be mentioned. And I'm going to mention it again. And I should have had that on my list. Yo, first of all, let's talk about these reparations. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, there's a lot of people who don't understand where the black community is coming from when they say that we want reparations. Let me make something very clear. We do not come from generational wealth at all. Yet our country, yet we built this country. And you know it, the White House itself was made from those who were enslaved for free, free labor, free labor. We are no longer your property, okay? We deserve reparations. They gave it to everybody else. The Native Americans got it. The Jews got it as they rightly deserve. We deserve our reparations. Let me make something very clear. To be an African-American, in the United States, let's get a glimpse of what your life might look like from when you're born. You might be born into a single parent household because that's what statistics uh, say, right? You uh, might grow up in a project like I did, which is the complete trenches. It might be compared to a third world country to some where you're fighting every day. Everybody got traumas going on, don't understand what's going on, okay? So to make it from a single parent household like I did, To then be raised in the projects where everybody is then getting pregnant as soon as you hit 15, 16, 17, carrying on the terrible pathology that's been put on us from white supremacy. Then what comes after that? Most of the time, high school dropout. Thank you, Jesus. I was able to make it through. But let me tell you, being able to make it through all of those different things that are stacked against you to fail, Black men, Okay, being hunted, being tracked down from people who don't even live in their communities, police officers who never even grew up in that neighborhood, don't even understand the language that we speak. Do you know what Ebonics is? To make it out of those trenches, no generational wealth, all of the odds stacked against you and to actually be something, to make something of yourself. We deserve our reparations. We deserve a seat at the table. We deserve to start our own business if we would like because we created your business. We created your platform. Where's our love? And that's all we asking for. Absolutely. So what you said. Yes. And that's why I said just the reparations in in many different forms. Like, no, let me be clear. Pay me my dollars. Pay Mm -hmm. me my dollars as well. But I would just like to see that show up in the form of Black people being able to get educated without, you know, going into debt. Um, I, I would like to see that in the form of having, you know, once you are um, a, a degree holding person, <laughs> that you are able to actually get a job with a livable wage. Why are there so livable. many people with, with, why are there so many people with a degree that are making under $50,000? Thank you. Like, that's not okay. Um, I would like to see there be an emphasis on mental health and on public health and, and you know, the decriminalizing of drugs and that black and brown folks just be, dec- the, the black and brown folks, our lives are decriminalized and that mm-hmm. we are, you know, um, able to have access to health 
to healthcare and mental health services and things like that, and not just mm-hmm. have access to them, but also feel confident that when we're receiving these services, that you know we're receiving exactly what we're supposed to receive. You know how many black and brown folks there's you know these health disparities. One of the things that play into it is the the, the fact that black and brown folks don't feel confident in the medical care and the practitioners that um, are administering this care. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go take care of myself if I don't even trust the people that are responsible for taking care of me. Yeah, and again, huh, huh, the number of Black women that's had hysterectomies when they were unnecessary. Keep going. Yep, yep. So I, I would just like um, the just the the tone of this country to be reframed right now because we have just been in a really terrible place for the past four years and of course that will be up for debate because a Trump supporter will tell you differently um but I would just like to see the tone of this country change and that there actually be systems created and challenged um the systems that are already in place be challenged and Mm -hmm. dismantled and broken down and and rethought and reconfigured and all of the all of the things so that black and brown folks can actually live and by live, I don't mean just exist, but really live in this country. 